Welcome to Gerstl's LabWorks True Podcast, the show about analytical chemistry, interesting instruments, and the challenging analytical problems that they solve. Welcome to the Gerstl LabWorks True Podcast, where we talk about stories around the analytical chemistry. And our today's guest is Marco Fratz. Um, but before we start with Marco, welcome to my co-host, Kurt Sexton. Hello, everyone. Good to be here today. Yes, and now we switch over to Marco. Marco Fratz is from the Justus Liebig University of Gießen in Germany. And a very warm welcome. Hello, Marco. Hi, Jan. Hi, Kurt. Very nice to meet you here. Yeah, thank you. Same. And Th thank you to be our guest today. And I know there are some pretty interesting stories you have uh, done in your past and hopefully also in the future. And today we would like to listen to some of your failures and some of your highlights you get from the last things. Um, before we start, uh, can you give us a short introduction who you are and where you're working and what are you working for? Yeah, sure. So I will try. Uh, um, I was um, born and raised in Hamburg and then I um, studied food chemistry there. And um, after um, my second state examination or during my second state examination, I did a practical course in the Netherlands. Um, for half a year at Unilever Flavor Research. And, and there mm. I was um, in contact for the first time with a very interesting world of, of flavor research and uh, gas, chromatography, gas chromatography and um, the related things. And um, yeah, so before that, I, I did lots of HBLC work um, during my study, and I really did not like gas chromatography because you could never see where the leaks are and very <laughs> tiny columns and yep. all those things. Um, but and I thought it's, it's always not working. And um, but I think I, um, yeah, I have to blame um, my university a little bit about this because maybe the machines were not the best ones <laughs> back then. Uh, anyhow, um, at, at Unilever, uh, I um, was, I had the pleasure to work with lots of different GCs and especially it was the first time I, um, got in contact with the Gerstel, um, auto sandler setups and all those nice, um, injection techniques. And I, um, did some, um, experiments and, um, flavor, um, research regarding injection techniques. Um, so dynamic headspace, um, back then not automated, but just manually and mm. um, Twister for the first time, they were really new and we could try out the Twister and the Headspace and some Twister um, things for aroma research. And of course, lots of spimis and static Headspace. And um, yeah, so it was um, really, really interesting work for me because I loved uh, or I love um, automating things. So I, I like mm -hmm. to, to mm. do, to to try things out and to get um, complex things um, sorted out by, yeah, with help of, of, of machines or in the computer with little scripts or, um, yeah, such mm -hmm. things. So, um, yeah, so I can say um, um, I, I, my 
interesting um, interest in um, aroma and um, gas chromatography and um, automation um, got started then. So I went back um, to Hamburg to, to finish my studies, so my, my second state examination, and then I decided that I want to do a PhD um, in the flavor research, and I went to Hannover to um, the group of um, Professor Berger, and um, yeah, there I started learning that um, fungi can do very interesting things um, with um, regard to flavor research. And yes, um, and there I met my, my current boss, uh, Mr. Professor Holger Zorn. He was um, um, doing his habilitation work there back then. And he asked me if I want to join him um, as a postdoc um, after that. And I went with him to uh, the Technical University of Dortmund. And after that, um, um, I joined him again um, by moving to Gießen to the Justus Liebig University. And um, here I am now um, as a, how to say, I think it's, civil servant i'm not sure it's it's a german thing um if you are working for um, for the government more or less or get paid um as a yeah beamter for the german speaking um, um Kurt, how, how is that called government something oh, oh, what is well, your... yeah. the closest thing to beamter would be like office worker or uh, so in yeah. my, uh, my office, something civil service office, you know, like mm -hmm. important office. So that civil servant is probably the closest thing I can think of in English. So. <laughs> yeah. It looks like you spent part yeah. of that time building Legos, too. I wanted to bring that up. The, yeah. the audience can't see all the Legos <laughs> behind you. Yeah. Yeah, 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 this is, yeah. So, we have to tell the audience that, that we are uh, not having the, the, the audio podcast only, so we are seeing us over the Teams meeting, and so we can we can see in the office of Marco and see some Lego stuff there. It's great to see. It. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was really into Lego as a child, and yeah, then me too. The Dark Ages came, and fortunately, <laughs> I have um, I uh, I got two sons, um, and I. Yeah, they were interested. I don't know why in Lego, <laughs> <laughs> and that brought me back. And I finally could build all those big um, star destroyers and death stars I wanted to do as a child. <laughs> so yes, but it kind of makes sense though. I mean, office. but one of the things I've seen Jan do is I've seen Jan build a Gersel auto sampler out of Legos before. You know, so that, <laughs> yeah. I think that anyone who likes to tinker and build things, I think if you like Legos, you tend to like the auto samplers and crazy things you can do with them. It yeah. kind of matches yeah. up. <laughs> Marco, there's a lot of similarities because my son also loves the Lego stuff, even the Star Wars thing. And, and we have to build that together in earlier times. Now he builds it himself. So it's, yeah. yeah, I can just look. <laughs> okay. So yeah, since which right. time you're in, in, in Gießen? What, when had you, um, have you moved? Yeah. So in Gießen, um, I um, started here working in two, 2009. Um, okay. So it's quite a long time already. And... Yes, um, I 
I, I always thought that I would go back to Hamburg because I really love the river and the harbor and, and it's nice to be at the, uh, at the um, Northern Sea or um, mm -hmm. uh, just in a couple of hours. And um, But yeah, my way was south. And um, so I think I will stay here. So we have lots of friends now and the children are here and have their yeah. friends. And I really like working in the Institute. So I think I will stay in Gießen. But um, yeah, um, the, we always say the surrounding of Gießen is very nice. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> and Gießen is that's okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. But... Let, let us come to to your work or the work of your institute, which is which is really the topic of today. Um, my question is: You mentioned something about mushrooms, and when I think about mushrooms, I I see some people dancing in uh, Woodstock or something else, and having <laughs> having uh, mushrooms in their body or part of mushrooms in their body, which which are not the <laughs> mushrooms I think you use. Is that right? <laughs> No, that's right. Exactly. Yes. Um, unfortunately, not. <laughs> no, we, uh, we concentrate on, on edible mushrooms. So there are different kinds of mushrooms. Or, um, so we have the so-called um, molds or ascomycetes. Um, everyone knows um, and they, we, we really don't, do not want to have them on our food or on our fridge or somewhere else. And but um, so this uh, ascomycetes are not in the area of our interest, but with the edible fungi, so the so-called higher fungi or basidiumycetes or fungi, sorry. And um, so there are yeah lots of different ones, and we use them for um, um, for um, biotransformation and fermentation purposes mainly, but. Mm -hmm. um, often related to aroma and flavor research. Um, yeah, so um, there are really those two connecting things in our institute. The first thing are the higher fungi and the second one are renewable raw materials from from the food sector, I would say. So, and but we are quite diverse in our research area. Uh, so we had project um, with lignin degradation for a while and, and other strange things or even off flavor analysis. And um, yeah, but back to the, to the fungi and <laughs> to the uh, aroma um, compounds. So you can do lots of very interesting things. Of course, you can um, analyze um, flavor compounds um, fungi produced de novo. So there are really, of course, everyone knows that a uh, champignon smells like um, like dust. So it's a typical um, um, mushroom flavor and octane um, 3O and other MC8 compounds. Um, but this is more or less, um, yeah. But there are several other interesting flavor compounds um, um, fungi can produce, fungi like mm -hmm. um, um, floral things or wood rough um, things, anise aldehyde, um, cinnamon aldehyde, so lots of different terpenes and um, or dill ether or um, um, strange lactones. And um, so really 
um, really diverse palette of, of different compounds. So we can um, investigate um, what compounds uh, are in one mushroom, and it depends on how you grow them. If you um, do um, submerged cultivation or on agar plates, or if or if you investigate the um, the fruiting bodies, and um, sometimes we find very interesting um, um, pathways for the generation, and then we try to isolate the um, corresponding enzymes and we try to find out the genes involved and do um, wow. um, heterologous expressions but all, all those things are not my um, area of expertise i'm more the gc guy here so i um, um, do or look into the biotransformation and the flavor analysis part of those aspects and of course um, this is not not the only thing you can do. So just to to look what um, flavor compounds are produced by by the fungus, um, depending on on the substrate. But you can use um, those um, mushrooms um, to to transform maybe just one 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 certain compound to another. So try yeah, just organic synthesis. More mm -hmm. or less, um, there are very um, difficult things like allylic oxidation and and other um, um, things you can look into. So, for example, we um, I already did this during my PhD thesis. We had this valencine. This is compound um, out of mm -hmm. um, orange peels. Mm -hmm. It's yep. it's um, green and fresh. It's, it's um, yeah, we have quite a lot of them, and you can use um, lyophilizates, so pre-spread um, 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 pleurotosapidus. This is a um, uh, near relative of the oyster mushrooms. You can use this um, freeze-dried mushroom and put it um, together in an aqueous um, solution with a buffer and this valencine, and then it transform. Um, transforms it um, into a new cartoon and this is a highly um, sought after uh, grapefruit um, character impact compound so you mm -hmm. just by um, yeah can biotransformation of, mm -hmm. of a precursor to to interesting um, um, flavor compounds and of course there you that's can true. try to yeah yeah that's really um, really um, interesting and you can try to find out Again, the enzymes involved and the uh, metabolic pathways, and you can try to optimize all those things. But, uh, yeah. yeah, sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. Um, and that, that's really cool. I mean, it's, so I, I, I come from a paper chemistry background, uh, so I know the lignans and the terpenes and stuff. So when you say valencine, it comes to, comes to mind. I, I spent a lot of time looking at that. But... I'd always seen that out of orange juice, you know, looking at packaging and orange juice, you know, like you said, coming from oranges. I never would have thought that came out of uh, mushrooms at all. That's really pretty cool. So, yeah. so, so you get these orange or citrusy tastes. I'm just curious. So you've got these mushrooms growing and doing this. What are you growing the mushrooms out of? So the, the, the mushrooms have to grow in something. I mean, usually dirt. Um, what, 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 what do you grow mushrooms in? 
In general, we use um, the, just um, to grow the, sub, um, the mushrooms in so-called submerged cultures. So this is just an aqueous um, a nutrition solution. And we have um, something called standard nutrition solution. There are lots of um, yeah, some salts, mineral salts in, there's glucose in for, for the energy, and then um, a yeast, um, um, and this mm -hmm. is more or less everything. Um, the the fungus needs to, to to grow, and of course um, you can try to use different substrates, and um, not to use artificial um, um, media, just to use other things. And this is leads directly to another aspect of our research. So of course you can try to use a fungus to biotransform a single compound to another compound, but you can um, use um, complex substrates as well. So um, as I mentioned, the renewable um, raw materials or citrines of the food processing or uh, food industry. So for example, you can um, use uh, or you can use um, um, pomace um, of different um, 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 origins like um, apple pomace or blackcurrant pomace and just add water more or less and autoclave it and then um, inoculate it with uh, our um, fungi and then um, often the nutrition content is um, sufficient for the fungus to, to grow in there and not not only to grow but um, to produce um, interesting aroma compounds and um, we have had several um, projects involving um, biotransformation of of those um, side streams to to um, yeah interesting flavor mixtures. Of course, you do not produce a single compound then, but you can produce lots of different compounds. And you always might think, think okay, now they produce um, uh, aroma, a new um, fungi aroma. You can put on a pizza or something. <laughs> but um, um, the most interesting part here is that we completely, or not we, but the, the fungi completely mm -hmm. change um, the uh, the flavor impression. So um, from black currant um, um, pomace maybe can be transferred, uh, tra converted to to wild strawberry aroma or something like this. So <laughs> or um, um, yeah, mm -hmm. to to something that that was um, was um, I don't know onion trust uh, onion um, pomace um, after a few or a couple of days um, suddenly smells like like lemon or something. <laughs> so this is really really um, yeah. it's almost unbelievable, but it, it, it's um, really possible. Yeah. Uh is there a practical use case for so can i can i use the old things i don't need from yeah the black current things and say hey i i will i make something different out of that which i can sell or which i can yeah can use another way yeah sure um this is always always the attention um just to produce more or less ready to use complex aroma uh, mixtures so you have something you normally throw away or mm -hmm. give away as 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 feed, and we can um, animal feed, of course. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, yeah. Something 
uh, normally more or less throw away um, or put on on the fields. Um, mm -hmm. uh, we can use a portion of this just to to um, generate um, natural f flavor and. Um, and yeah, there are several industry um, cooperation um, who are really interested in commercializing um, or using those um, flavors. And there are lots of different patents on on, mm -hmm. on, on those things already. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that, that's pretty neat. I mean, the reason I asked to begin with it. So, you know, like I said, I used to work for a paper company, which means a lot of trees <laughs> and uh, um, yeah. oranges grow on trees as well and take up a lot of space. And what you're doing here is actually pretty cool. You're taking not only recycling something that um, is being thrown off as waste, but you're going to turn around and actually make, you know, you're going to turn black currant into raspberries or something like that and, and end up yeah. having a whole different flavor out of it you wouldn't have expected. Yeah, that, that's that's yeah. really neat. I mean, if you can get balancing that way, that's that's really neat. That saves saves up a lot of space and growing trees. Yeah, so we try to up to upcycle um, all those. Um, yeah, of course, we do not call it waste because um, for us it's not waste because it's it's um, yeah, raw material not. we can we can use yeah. to to produce other things out of it, and. Um, there's another aspect. Uh, we can uh, we we use this um, fermentation systems not only to produce um, um, aroma compounds, or we may, might sell, or somebody else might sell, um, because um, as, as it's a natural flavor, and the natural flavor is because we use um, um, natural resources and and. and fungus and no um, other things like it's just water and time more or less mm -hmm. um, to produce uh, these aroma compounds so as uh, European law says that we can call them uh, natural flavor compounds um, so no no chemical synthesis mm -hmm. is, is involved and but we can um, use um, those um, fungi directly to transform um, liquid substrates to, to other things like uh, an, uh, analogous to, to the beer um, production, for example. So there we have wort and then you put yeast in and after uh, a few days or uh, several days, um, you have um, your your beer, and we um, thought, okay, it might be um, why do not you, we use um, instead of yeast um, um, just our own um, residue seeds and mm -hmm. uh, we um, found out that several um, we did a huge screening and uh, lots of really um, disgusting things came. Out of it, and, uh, <laughs> um, but uh, there were some um, uh, um, species, species that really um, species, sorry, and that really um, produced um, very um, nice um, flavored um, new mm -hmm. um, alcohol, uh, non-alcoholic beverages. So um, you can just, um, um, yeah, carbonate them and and use them as as a refreshing drink. So a new fermentation system for beverage okay. production, um, beside yeast and and um, bacteria. Where can we uh, buy or get them? 
Yeah. <laughs> not not yet. Um, the one problem, um, but if you are around here, we always have more or less something in our fridge, so you can taste okay. um, or try. But um, yeah, unfortunately, in, in Europe, we have this um, so-called uh, novel food um, legislation. So that means if you use... Um, Uh, if you try to sell um, or put on the market a new product that was not um, on the market in the European Union before 1997 um, for the human consumption, um, you have to get um, an approve, approval for it. And lots of, and this is really, um, really, um, yeah, that cost really much money. So, mm -hmm. um, You have to uh, find someone who is willing to to um, do all those um, official tests needed to, mm -hmm. to get the approval by the um, EFSA. So, so, so if, if someone in food. our audience will uh, will do that and spend some money to get some really exciting, uh, refreshing, I I, I assume uh, drinks, then uh, and bring it to the market, I think we can. Uh, bring you together with Marco, so <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, um, you ever? I'm just going to ask. It, so you talked about the approvals process, and this happened. It used to happen to me uh, doing flavor related work. You, when you go to tell somebody at a party or just gathering your friends what you do, do they get shocked when they realize that the things they smell are actually chemicals? I mean, I, I used to get that all the time. Was Yeah, hey, you know, that's, that's, you're smelling hexanal. Well, okay, it smells like grass. Well, that's a chemical, yeah. but it's not a yeah. chemical. No, it's a chemical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course, it's always this. And there are two types of reaction. Um, the first one is, oh, do you still eat something? So, yes. <laughs> you have to, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's no other way out. <laughs> And yeah, this is, um, you have to, to talk a lot uh, about those things. But unfortunately, um, um, yeah, after living here um, more than 10 years and, and um, the people um, I educated, most of them <laughs> regarding this topic. And the others, I, I just speak about other things. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. No, that, that makes sense. And you know, I, I know, of course, I know a little bit about what you're doing, but the audience may not. So you're actually like smelling what comes out of a, a gas chromatograph. I mean, you've got an ODP, your uh, olfactory detection port. So what's, I mean, describe that to people, I mean, who have never done it before. How did you get into using an ODP and you're, you're still using it a lot or what's going on with yeah. that? Yeah, this is so. This is more or less our standard equipment regarding the aroma profile analysis. Analysis, and um, um, first, if we get a new project and we want to to um, accomplish accomplish a new task, we always um, start with the screening. So there's no GC involved normally. So we just um, have mm -hmm. um, hundreds of different um, um, fungi in our um, culture collection, and we put them on agar plates or in very small scale um, um, submerged cultures and we just um, screen them by um, smelling 
um, what comes uh, yeah uh, uh, what comes out of the flask or of the agar plate after uh, yeah, two, or two three four five days and then um, if we find a candidate uh, we start um, investigating uh, investigation um, by um, upscaling and and all those things and of course we are then interested and uh, not just um, by the smell uh, so but we want to know what um, compounds are um, responsible for this overall odor impression and then we have to um, 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 produce a flavor extract so there are different um, methods in the aroma um, community um, the, often you do a liquid liquid extraction with uh, organic solvents and then solvent assistant flavor evaporation for uh, up, uh, for cleaning your um, your extract and then you do um, GC but um, uh, so me personally, and I think um, yeah, there are some advantages, but lots of disadvantages by using organic solvents. So we were always interested in using alternative ways. And uh, there, um, the Gastel uh, MPS uh, really um, um, helps us to do um, new um, uh, extraction and enrichment techniques like um as mentioned um before um, um twister speamy and 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 dynamic headspace mm -hmm. and we do those techniques um to extract our, um the flavor compounds out of the um all of our um um cultivation um broth and then we um, do um, the separation by GC, but it does not help to have a chromatogram with hundreds or yeah, several hundreds of different peaks. Uh, nobody knows um, what um, is responsible for, for the flavor impression. Mm -hmm. So there's only one way to do it. You have to, to, to smell. And this is the, yeah. where the ODP comes into the game. Mm -hmm. um, so we, um, in general, three different people just um, sit in front of the ODP, of course, not um, at the same time, but after each other, and just um, smell the effluent and just um, record um, which peak um, has, um, which flavor um, um, impression. Mm -hmm. And... And normally we have, I don't know, between 10 and 60 different flavor compounds that are really um, smelling um, at the end. And then we try to, to identify, of course, um, those flavor compounds. Yeah, that, that um, it reminds me of so some of the things I've seen uh, back when I was doing the work and then afterwards. Uh, you see a lot of heart cutting or complex like comprehensive GCGC GC, where someone says, hey, look, I've got red wine and there's 500 things in it. And I'm thinking, yeah, but only about five of them <laughs> if anybody really wants to know. So yeah, it sounds like you have the same experience that, you know, the, the flavors can be complex, but a, a lot of them, a lot of those notes are minor or they don't really show up. I mean, decade does not have an odor. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, you know, uh, 
So, so you end up having to work this down into a short target list, uh, and you have to do this with humans because the yeah. library search name is not going to help you. Yeah, right. Yeah. So right now, there's no other way than the human knows to to identify. Um, of course, there are lots of different approaches, and you want to try to machine learning and and artificial intelligence and all those things. And I think they. Um, they will be more and more um, important in the future, mm -hmm. but but right now there's yeah we have to do this traditional way and just to to find out um, what is smelling and what not and of course you have to um, identify then those compounds and you have to quantify them and then you have to do um, um, reconstitution experiments uh, with the correct concentration mm -hmm. and to see yep. if the um, things you have found out uh, at the end and have the same smell or impression odor impression than the original extract um, you, you generated mm -hmm. um, yeah, though, so this is really a cumbersome work. So you, it's, um, you have not only, yeah, you know, this takes, um, more or less, um, a month or years to do, to, if you want to do it right. To... Yeah, you know, thinking back to when you started ODP, I mean, do you have any advice for like the first time ODP user? I mean, someone who, or what do you tell your students when they, when, when they use an ODP for the first time? You know, because I have thoughts, and I'm curious about how you handle it. Yeah, so of course you have to train it as as it's really something you cannot do right at the first time. So um, sometimes um, the students think, okay, they are highly motivated, and then they have a sample, uh, um, really important sample, and then they want to to smell just this. And that's, I always say, um, yeah, calm down a little bit and just. <laughs> Just practice this. You have to, yeah, you have to practice the, um, um, mm -hmm. the breathing and the technique. And, mm -hmm. and it's really exhausting. Nobody thinks that this is so exhausting. You are really concentrated for, I don't know, half an hour. And so, yeah. Of course, um, we try to, to teach with standard, uh, standards so that we have more or less the same um, description for the same aroma compounds. Um, yeah, now then, of course, there's those standard advices to um, do not drink coffee between. And if you're a smoker, you, uh, you can do other things in our labs, but, but um, um, aroma um, ODP. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yep. things, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, is um, is everybody uh, every student uh, teached on, on on the ODP or how how many people you have or how many students you have per year uh, to to train? Yeah, so this depends a little bit, but we have every semester we have between twenty and thirty students. Um, so, but mm -hmm. uh, they so the main time they are involved in, in research are during their bachelor thesis and their master thesis. Mm -hmm. So, um, um, yeah, so we have, um, more or less, um, something between maybe 40 students doing mm -hmm. research at our institute. Wow. But of course, uh, they, they are not all doing, um, flavor. So yeah. that's just a, a couple of, of them, um, can do flavor research. And that, that, right now, COVID times are, this is really um, complicated and I really hope that things will be sorted out yeah. in the future.
that lets me or that brings me to the next question. So when you train a bunch of people, how many of them are really qualified to get or to have the right nose and the right feeling about that? But I've heard that there is something um, you have to be qualified for. Not everybody can do that right. So have you do you have an expression or an idea how, how many people uh, or no, how many percent? I, I really don't no, not really. But um no, to be honest, I, I don't have a statistics about that. But often, sometimes people just say, "Okay, no, this is not mine." So uh, okay. we we um, we see that, um, yeah, to uh, lots of other people just um, have lots uh, um, much more flavor impressions during a single run than, mm -hmm. than one single person, and then yeah. it's obvious that this person is not qualified for okay. this. Okay, yeah, but yeah, so. Um, but of course, um, it's it's no shame. Um, you, and there are lots of other <laughs> interesting things, or you can just um, um, yeah buy some beers for for your colleagues, <laughs> and, and they do. Then you then they do the um, research for you, the ODP <laughs> sniffing part. <laughs> yeah, it's, it sounds like your experience is similar to mine. I mean, everyone thinks the ODP is easy. You can just sit down, and hey, I'm just going to smell what comes out of there, but. You know, the, the breathing's part of it. And then as you pointed out, it can be exhausting. I mean, it, yeah. it's so hard for me when I do it. You know, I'm so, I'll be in front of the ODP and I'll, I'll look across and think, you know, I haven't changed the ferrules in that GC <laughs> or, you know, that mechanical pump. It needs to have to get some new oil. And the next thing I know, my mind has wondered that I'm not, I just missed like four finger notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, the focus right. is hard. Yeah. And of course, the peak is, I don't know, three to four seconds and long, yep. and then the flavor impression is gone. And then you have to think, okay, what was the impression? Was it, I don't know, cheesy or, or uh, uh, I don't know, apple-like? And yeah. and then the next uh, is already there. So, yeah, you have to get used to it and you have yeah. to get fast for your associations. Yep. So it's not easy. Yeah, physically work. But on the other hand, at, at, at parties though, it was always great because someone said, "What do you do for a living?" I said, "Well, I, I you know, I, I, I smell like bad food. Yeah. You know, something yeah. goes in a package and it went bad, and I got to figure out why." So, yeah. so everyone, at least, it's the one area of science everyone can relate to on some level. It's always fun to talk yeah. about the ODP yeah, stuff. That's right. Yeah. So yes, we have a practical course where the students do um, sensory evaluations. And they learn diff different techniques like triangle test and all these things. And one part is the mm -hmm. GCO. And this is really interesting for them. And they are always really excited um, to, to see um, how a complex um, flavor breaks down to, to single compounds you can smell after they have been separated by the GC. So it's really um, yeah. Um, interesting work so it's not hard it's it's not only hard work but it's everybody everyone is excited after that so um we have no problems finding people and doing these things in general of course if you do off flavor um work then you have to somehow motivate the, the people <laughs> <laughs> at one point we I can imagine did, yeah. Uh, yeah at one point we did a master thesis about off flavor of of um, a plastic 
Um, so this was not so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyhow, but in yeah. general, you have more pleasant um, flavor impressions at the end of the um, GC and the ODP. Yeah. Great. Great. That's a lot of things you're doing, and uh, when I, when I see the analytical chemistry in in your part is, is a big point or a big yeah big thing. What what you are doing there? So um, generating aromas with fungi is is one point, but uh, bringing them um, or separate them again and make them visible or uh, smellable uh, is is the other part. Um, so a very very interesting point you're working on so i'm very impressed again so we we know us since years but uh, it's interesting again to to talk about these these topics um are there any things our listeners can learn from your work directly Positively yeah, or negatively. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is a good question um <sighs> I'm not sure if directly, but one thing we uh, we always run um, across in, in flavor research is that not only one extraction technique is enough. So often you think you mm. have, I don't know, you have a spiny fiber in your lab and you want to do find out what is smelling in your sample and then you use your one spiny fiber, but you only see or looking through a very tiny um, um, filter to, to your sample. And um, of course, there are different spiny fibers, but often it's not enough just to use different spiny fiber to, to find out um, what is um, the um, origin of your flavor. You often have to use complementary techniques, so liquid-liquid um, um, mm -hmm. extraction combined with mm -hmm. uh, with dynamic headspace, for example, or spiny with other things. And you always have to um, use those different techniques to, to get a complete picture. So um, yeah, it might be one one advice I, uh, we've learned. We, we already missed um, one or two really um, uh, impact compounds because um, we just used um, one or the other technique and then by accident or later, of course, not, not by purpose, um, we, we used different um, extraction enrichment techniques and we saw, okay, here are really, really important compounds we did not extract with the other technique. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's and same, same experience. Course. Yeah. So this is um, yeah. Yeah. Kurt, do you have a last or not last, but we we should come to the end uh, question? Well, yeah. Um, so you're working on the raspberry flavors from uh, from mushrooms uh, from fungi. Um, What's next? I mean, what, what, what would you, you know, what do you work? What's, what's, what's after that? Uh, what's going, what's coming down the, the research pipeline? Yeah. So of course we have lots of other, um, so far unused, um, side streams you want to transform and, and make interesting flavors or, or beverage out of it. Um, but there's another aspect that, um, came to uh, my boss mind because we always grew um, those um, um, fungi. Um, they, they produce biomass um, just for um, for for the purpose of aroma production. And and he thought, um, why do not use? Why do not 
uh, we used them as as, as um, food for for um, for people for because everyone knows that the um, resources are limited and you cannot mm -hmm. um, eat or um, um, farm so many um, animals. Um, everywhere and the trend is going to alternative protein sources so we want to combine um, those um, fermentation techniques um, for flavor production and um, just um, the um, production of, of new protein um, sources for um, for for the food industry so um, there's really a really big um, project coming um, along together with the Störtebecker um, brewery. Mm. Some German people might might know them. And yes. there we try to <laughs> accomplish um, um, this um, protein um, thing. And maybe, mm -hmm. in, and I don't know, in a few years, you can buy then um, a burger um, made out of um, um, Pleurotus sapitus or other um, interesting um, fungi. Sounds strange, <laughs> but I'm interested in. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Again, um, this is really, uh, um, really um, good um, 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 protein you can produce by um, submerged cultivation of of, of fungi, and um, so we are quite. Um, yeah, we think that, that this might be really, really um, interesting and, and big thing to accomplish to produce um, yeah, um, this um, protein in a bioreactor um, mm -hmm. and Definitely. Yeah. not by um, raising animals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a great overview about your work, uh, as I mentioned already. And uh, yes, thanks for coming, Marco. That, that was a pleasure to have you here. Um, yeah, thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> for inviting me. Yes. Oh, yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah, if, if we get any questions from our listeners, we'll, we'll pass them on. Um, so, uh, and yeah, definitely glad to have a chance to talk to someone else who does this work. It's, it's always it's always fun. That's what got Jan and I started in this. Is that I think anyone who does something with an ODP has a story to tell somewhere. <laughs> so, there's always something going on. <laughs> it is yes, and um, to get also your information out of, uh, out in the world, uh, the, the, the big question is where can our listeners find you? For example, on the internet or elsewhere, on any symposium or wherever you be, uh, have, uh, wherever you, you um, will be in the next time. So um, let, let us know, let our listeners know where, where they can find you and your work. Yeah, so I think um, our work is, you can find, um, yeah, of course, on the homepage of our institute. So this might be the first address to, to serve to. And this is, um, there's a, um, a shorter um, URL for it. It's um, um, www.lcb-giesen.de. Um, we will definitely put that in the show notes that you don't have to write yeah. it with you when you're driving your car or walking in the woods <laughs> or jogging <laughs> or jogging or whatever. So we put it in the show notes. You right. can read that. <laughs> Marco. 
I know you are you, you, you are uh, cycling. So uh, if somebody listened uh, on the bike, they don't have to stop and write that down in the moment. Any <laughs> any other addresses we should mention? Um, you, you don't have uh, to tell them in, in detail, so we can put that together later. No, I think are you going to go to Analytica this year? Uh, unfortunately, not. So um, no, I won't be there. I, I, I hope I will be in Hamburg at the Food Chemist um, um, days. Mm. Um, so we, I think they will be in September in Hamburg if everything goes well. So there we can meet in person. Hopefully, um, we will see. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah it but, depends a little bit on the situation in, in the world. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> always right. always yeah. right yeah marco again thank you very much it was a pleasure to to see you and to listen to you again um nice work and hopefully we can meet us next time at your facility please because i would like to drink one of your beverages you have in your fridge you yeah. mentioned <laughs> <laughs> i would like to taste them yeah me too Okay, yeah, pro probably sure. we can, Kurt, probably we can arrange something when you're here in Germany. <laughs> yeah, which is about every other month, so yes. <laughs> okay, yeah, looking forward to it. <laughs> so thank you very much yeah. again um, for inviting me, and I'm really looking forward um, to uh, your other guests and what they have to say. Um, yeah. Thank also, you. interesting stories around the analytical chemistry that can I promise in the moment <laughs> yep okay thank you thank you kurt um thank you to thank our you listeners are. that they stayed uh, such a long time with us here and yes have a nice time we will be in your ears in the next episode yes <laughs> there we go okay bye bye, bye. see everyone bye <laughs>